Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Nazca Lines are, and this is not going to sound very impressive, a series of long and very shallow ditches in Peru's Nazca Desert. And honestly, they're not even really ditches. Um, They're just slight depressions that are so shallow that you could probably walk over one and, if you weren't paying attention, not realise that it was something special. It's just like a slight gap, a, a line in the stony surface of the desert. But remarkably, amazingly... When viewed from high up in the air, all of these lines across this desert, they come together to form shapes and patterns. They depict everything from plants to humans to animals. They they really are extremely impressive. They certainly are something very special. The Nazca Lines form one of the strangest and most fascinating monuments on the face of the planet. But they're very, very mysterious. Even after years and years of research, we still have more questions about them than answers. Uh, But today, in this episode, we'll try to unravel and lay out what we do know about them uh, and also talk about what we're still trying to figure out. So today, we're going to get across uh, what the Nazca Lines are and how and by whom they were made, which are reasonably easy questions to answer. But then we'll turn to the question of why they were made in the first place, which is far from certain and involves uh, more than a little guesswork, I think you could say. So let's begin with what the Nazca Lines are and with who made them. Over two and a half thousand years ago, around the year 500 BCE, the Paracas and the Nazca people of what is today Peru began to clear small rocks and stones from the face of the Nazca Desert in great big long lines. Now, doing this exposed the greyish dirt beneath the brownish stones. I'm not 100% on either of those. I'm colorblind, so I've done my best, but you know, you can go and look at pictures and confirm or ridicule my assessment of those colors. But doing this, um, removing these, uh, these stones from the dirt, it created a natural contrast between... The, the colours of these two different substances. And while most of these lines uh, were just long, straight lines that spanned great distances, hundreds of metres, other lines, the most famous ones, weren't straight at all. Instead, the rocks and the stones and the gravel that were cleared from the dirt beneath, they were moved in such a way to form vast shapes of all sorts of different things, a monkey, a spider, a hummingbird... 
But here's the thing. When standing on the surface of the Nazca Desert, when standing, in other words, in the place that the people who made these lines would have stood when they made them, there is no way to identify the shapes that these lines form. You can only see these these vast patterns, these huge shapes, if you are way, way up in the air, high in the sky above them, a place that, to the best of our knowledge, the ancient people of the Nazca Desert were thoroughly unable to reach, unless their collection of millennia-old Harrier jump jets has completely escaped the historical record. There is no way that the people who made these shapes could have actually viewed most of them from above as we can now with our planes and our helicopters and our drones. Now, look, admittedly, some of the shapes can be sort of made out from nearby hills, but all the same, it is incredible that these shapes were made with such clarity, with with such relative accuracy, depicting these animals and patterns and whatever else, when you've got no way to tell what they are when you're standing on the ground. And... What's even more remarkable about this is that, for the most part, the people who made these gigantic figures never were able to properly appreciate what what they looked like because they didn't have access to the skies as we do today. But even so, the Paracas and the Nazca, they made heaps and heaps and heaps of these geoglyphs, and for quite a long time, too, more and more were added over, over a thousand years, a very long period until around 500 CE. And these glyphs, they vary in size and shape, and of course what they're depicting as well. Um, some of the shapes are hundreds of metres from side to side. Uh, the biggest one's uh, just under 400 metres. Um, and most of the lines, they're around 30 or 40 centimetres in width. But again, they vary. Some of them are almost two metres in width. But all of these shapes, all these patterns, lines, glyphs, whatever, they can all be found in a 450 square kilometre expanse of desert. And at this stage, while talking about the Nazca lines, a question might be forming in your mind. Okay, sure, I could see these things being built, maybe you're thinking, um, and I could see these things maybe even being built to depict these these immensely uh, proportioned uh, figures, of representations of different animals, whatever else. But how the bloody hell have they survived over a thousand years? Given that they were made by moving small rocks around, how are these things still around today? A millennia, a millennia, a millennia and a half later? How have they not been eroded or erased by the wind and the weather? Well, amazingly, the climate of the Nazca Desert, high up as it is on a plateau, has helped to preserve these lines for a huge amount of time. It hardly ever rains up there. There's barely ever any wind. So most of these small stones have remained where they were placed by these ancient peoples millennia ago. Now, neither the Paracas nor the Nazca people left behind written records uh, explaining what the Nazca lines were about. Writing wouldn't come to South America until post-Columbian times. And so we don't have explanations as to how or why they made these lines uh, from the from the, the people themselves. All we have is educated guesses based on research that has been done thousands of years after they were made. And let's now talk about that research, about the, uh, the rediscovery of the Nazca lines and the work that has been done to understand them. 
The Nazca people went into decline after 500 CE, and so the Nazca loans laid unnoticed and honestly all but forgotten about for a thousand years, until the 16th century when the Spanish quite literally stumbled over them. Uh, Spanish explorers made some references in some of the reports they wrote while exploring the area about trail markers or the remains of roads. But again, they're just walking along on the ground. They're not flying up in the air. They can't see the monkey or the spider or the hummingbird for, for what they are. Uh, again, even though you can sort of see some of the shapes from the hills nearby, but nonetheless, they escaped the notice of everyone who visited the area all the way through to the 20th century. And in the 20th century, in 1927 to be specific, um, a Peruvian archaeologist rediscovered the Nazca Lines. His name was Terribio Maya Hespe, and he spotted some of them while hiking nearby and shared his findings to what ultimately was extremely limited interest. Uh, but then, a few years later in 1940, an American historian named Paul Kosok, he flew over the Nazca Desert while researching its ancient civilizations and happened to look out the window of the plane and recognise one of the shapes that the lines made up as being a bird. Now, obviously, seeing this, he realised that there was some significance to it and immediately began to research the lines further. He called in archaeologists from around the world to aid him, and they made some very important discoveries about these Nazca lines. Archaeologists quickly discovered how they were made. They found the remains of wooden stakes uh, dr driven into the ground that were very likely part of the ancient surveying equipment that the Paracas and the Nazca would have used in making the lines. This has been fully investigated and, 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 and explored. You'll understand why when we get to some of the proposals as to the, uh, the purpose of the Nazca lines. Scientists have independently verified that with the technology available to people at the time, these lines could have indeed been designed and drawn out on a massive scale with what were ultimately very basic surveying tools. And in the years that followed, more and more research was done on the Nazca lines. Uh, aerial photographs were spread around the world, spreading the story of these lines to, to countless millions of people. And you can go online and, and see all, the, all of these pictures for yourself. I uh, already mentioned the more famous ones, the, the monkey, the spider, the hummingbird. But uh, there's all sorts of other stuff as well. There's, uh, there's a whale, a pelican, uh, a weird-looking dog. There's a huge tree, and uh, there's a very strange figure with hands that honestly, um, it looks like they started drawing it, realised they'd kind of stuffed it up a bit, and then just kind of gave up. But anyway, that's the what and the who and the how all taken care of here. So now it's time to leave the steady footing we've been on so far and venture into the world of speculation and guesswork to talk about why these lines existed in the first place. There are some reasonable hypotheses about the purpose served by the Nazca lines, but they're all very boring, uh, so we'll talk about them later. And instead, we're going to talk about aliens. Because, of course, after their rediscovery in the 20th century, all the wackos came out of the woodwork to start to propose their ridiculous theories as to what these Nazca lines were and how they got there. And the most common theories proposed by these people involved, invariably, aliens extraterrestrial life visiting specifically the Nazca Desert and drawing pictures of some of Earth's animals to serve, apparently, as landing pads for their spaceships. This is very seriously what some people believe, that the Nazca lines served as a roadmap, essentially, signposts for aliens so they could navigate and direct their ships. I don't know why this and only this particular corner of the Earth is used as a street directory by aliens, but Sure, 
That's what the tinfoil hat brigade tells us. People um, have done all sorts of cart before the horse research into Nazca mythology to find evidence. I hope you could hear the uh, inverted commas uh, around that word. Uh, Evidence of alien visitation. And uh, because people love to believe anything but the actual truth, these ideas have far more believers than they should. Uh, But no, sorry to disappoint you, it wasn't aliens. Definitely not. Uh, I'd imagine aliens have much better things to do with their time than draw weird dogs in a remote South American desert. So, yeah, I don't know. Sorry to be a scully to all the molders out there, uh, but when one of the arguments used to support the theory that it was aliens is the fact that the Nazca lines look a little bit like an airstrip, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not buying what you're selling, especially, especially as people have gone out of their way to prove that the lines could have been made by ordinary ancient humans with ordinary ancient tools, as remarkable as that seems, it was very possible. So uh, perhaps some of these alien alien enthusiasts need to uh, have a bit of a shave with Occam's razor, I reckon. Anyway, if they weren't made to aid in extraterrestrial wayfinding, why were the Nazca lines made? Well, The best guesses we can hazard to explain the purpose of these lines is that they are of religious and cultural and potentially even astronomical significance. This is supported by some of the observations that scientists have made about the locations and the angles of the the often overlooked long straight lines, right? We spend so much time focusing on the the pictures of the monkeys that we forget about these long straight lines that make up most of the Nazca lines. Just as Stonehenge is a primitive calendar and observatory, so too, potentially, are the Nazca lines, after a fashion. Uh, Some of the straight lines converge on particular points in the horizon, where the sun sets on dates like the solstices and the like. And people have also tried to draw links between the animal and plant figures and the constellations of stars in the sky, but... This doesn't really seem to be the case. Uh, There's not a lot of evidence to connect the two. Um, We're big fans of finding patterns and meaning in things like the arrangement of stars in the sky. Think of all the constellations we still refer to today. We've been talking about them for thousands of years. But despite people trying very hard to demonstrate that the shapes on the ground are connected in some way to the stars in the sky, they're, they're just not really. But there is another uh, potentially more plausible explanation for the existence of these huge drawings of hummingbirds and whatever else on the ground. And it's the idea that they were drawn for the benefit and enjoyment of ancient gods looking down from the sky. Now, viewed in this way, right, the Nazca lines, they now become a form of worship. And when you think about all the things that humans have built to get in their respective gods' good books... This explanation actually doesn't seem unreasonable. So the, the the long and the short of it when it comes to the purpose of the Nazca lines is that, unfortunately, we don't know enough to say with too much certainty. We can hazard guesses. They could have been astronomical, religious, cultural, ceremonial, or, I guess, extraterrestrially navigational. Probably not. But at the end of the day, we just don't know. Research continues to this very day. As you're listening to this podcast, there are historians and archaeologists and anthropologists and and, and scientists all trying to crack the case. But for now, the purpose of the Nazca lines remains a mystery to us. As much of a mystery as what exactly the Nazca people were trying to draw when they ended up with that weird hand thing.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 